Okay, ready. Okay, look, I want to go to Luke chapter 11. And, uh, you, know, you know, all these things, I don't get them out of a book except for one, the Bible, you know. And I'm reading because I, I, I like reading my own Bible. And so it's so funny. That's the reason the, the preaching part is easy. I mean, it's really. Jesus told us what to preach. He said, preach the word. So that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm just sharing the word. It wouldn't do you any good for me to come up with a bunch of things on my own anyway, especially outside of the Bible. But anyway, this is Luke chapter 11. Uh, I want us to go down here. It's, it's just it's a little piece of Jesus' life, and I want us to go to something specific that he said. So I'm going to come on down there. Hang on. I'm going to get there. Okay. Uh, let's take it in verse, uh, well, we'll take it in verse, uh, it looks like it's verse 29. These are evil times with evil people. They keep on asking <clears throat> for some strange happening in the sky to prove I'm the Messiah, but the only proof I'll give them is the miracle like that of Jonah. Now, those that needed healing and those that knew Jesus, you were getting your miracle. I mean, Jesus at one point when these Pharisees tried to get him at another place, they said, show us a sign. He says, I will not. How many more signs do you need? I mean, it, they, they wanted him to show something in the sky here. Oh, <clears throat> but uh, that, it, which, it, they, they didn't care anyway. They were offended at Jesus. But I tell you what, if you're hurting and you need something or something's wrong or you need help, whatever, if you'll just go to the God who created everything, that's, you know, the God of, <clears throat> that we talk about in the Bible, you'll find out, praise the Lord, you don't need any more proof because he'll help you. But anyway, so watch what happens. Uh, he says, whose experience has proved to the people of Nineveh that God sent him. My similar experience will prove that God sent me to these people. Now, what he meant by that was, as Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, so will I be in the belly of the earth for three days and three nights. Jesus was saying, I'm going to die and I'm going to be resurrected. And that's really interesting because they've not once been able to find the body of Jesus. They've not. <clears throat> okay. Anyway, verse 31. And I, on this point, too, I will like to add that to, and the disciples were scared out of their gourd. You, see, you can't convince me that 11 disciples ran over there in front of the Roman soldiers who were guarding that tomb and said, you knock the one out on the left and I'll knock the one out on the right and we'll go steal Jesus' body. No, that didn't happen. <clears throat> Didn't happen. Okay, so anyway, but back to this point. Verse 31 in Luke 11. At the judgment day, the queen of Sheba shall rise and point her finger at this generation, condemning it. For she went a long, hard journey to listen to the wisdom of Solomon, but uh, no one far, but excuse me, but one far greater than Solomon is here, and few pay attention. Okay, now we're hearing the word Solomon. So here's what I want us to get right here. The queen of Sheba. She went to visit Solomon. Now, Solomon is who? That's David's son, okay? And he became king. We know about him. He the wisdom of Solomon, okay? And he also being very rich. But he says, one far greater than Solomon is here. So let's take this and let's go look at something about Solomon here. <clears throat> Obviously, Jesus thinks that Solomon existed. Of course, we know he did. And your Bible makes great references <clears throat> Oh, oh, about this anyway. So I'm going to go to Second Chronicles, and we're going to start here in uh, chapter 1. And here we go. King, son, King David's son Solomon was now the undisputed ruler of Israel. Now this is Second Chronicles 1, verse 1. I do want to point out, let's go back just a second, the book of Chronicles, because that's exactly what they were. They were recorded historic events. I want us to go to... Uh, First Chronicles chapter 1, and I want to show you that if you didn't, if you haven't been reading your Bible recently, oh, if you picked up in First Chronicles, look what a head start you would have. These are the earliest generations of mankind. First Chronicles 1 verse 1. Adam. Ha! I, oh, come on. We believe in evolution. Lord, apparently these guys didn't, and apparently Jesus didn't. 
the earliest generations of mankind. Well, that's just according to you. Well, wait a minute. This sure looks like it's right. Where else are you going to go? Well, I'm going to believe, well, the Bible tells us that even the heavens declare the glory of God. You can look all you want to and you'll come right back to this. Anyway, but we're those that believe this anyway. The earliest generations of mankind, Adam, Seth, Enosh, Kenan, Malalala, Jared, Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, Noah, we've heard of him, Shem, Ham, Japheth, the sons of Japheth were, and then da-da-da-da, it goes on down. This is some great historic information right here. Anyway, it's going to pick up with David long about the 8th chapter, but let's go back to um, 2 Chronicles. Now, they've already got to King David's son Solomon. He was now the undisputed ruler of Israel. 2 Chronicles 1 verse 2. He summoned all the army officers and judges to Gibeon. We'll just say Arab, okay? As well as all the political and religious leaders of Israel. <clears throat> he led them up to the hill to the old tabernacle. Now, the old tabernacle you would have discovered... That's the one that Moses was told to design when they got out of, uh, from underneath Pharaoh in the book of Exodus. The whole second half, if you divide Exodus up in half, starting about chapter 16 to the end, it's how to design this tabernacle made out of a tent stuff. Uh, lambs uh, skins and goat skins and uh, linens and whatever and all these kind of specific things and the Ark of the Covenant, whatever. Constructed by Moses, the Lord's assistant, while he was in the wilderness. There was a later tabernacle built in Jerusalem by King David for the Ark of God when he removed it from Kirith-Jerim, or we'll just say, you know, uh, uh, Bluntsville. They finally moved it back to Arab. Anyway, the bronze altar made by uh, Bezalah, the son of Ur, the son of Hur, stood in front of the old tabernacle. Okay, sounds like we got some details about this little building. Okay, yeah. Remember, it's a temporary portable one. And now Solomon and those he had invited assembled themselves before it as he sacrificed upon it a thousand burnt offerings to the Lord. So this was a tent structure that had been sitting in this one place for a while. It used to travel with the Israelites when they wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, and it was their own fault. But anyway, and the cool thing about that tabernacle, it was showing, it was portable, it stayed right with you. Like this picture here, Jesus is always with you wherever you go. Anyway, Solomon was taught about the Lord. He knew that the temple, the, excuse me, the tabernacle represented where God was and he actually was. Anyway, that night, God appeared to Solomon and told him, look what he says, ask me for anything and I'll give it to you. Boy, you know, I've heard of people talk about, you know, they get upset and thinking that we're part of that name it, claim it group and whatever. You know, I don't care what they call us. If you don't name it, you never will claim it. If you think about our Second Amendment rights, if we don't name it and claim that Second Amendment right, we are going to lose our guns. And if you convince yourself that God has nothing to do with a phrase like this, ask me for anything and I'll give it to you, you're just missing out. He will. Jesus said the same thing in John chapter 14. Whatsoever you ask in my name, I'll do it, praise the Lord. Then he reiterated and he said it again. Then he says it again in the 15th chapter. Says it again in the 16th chapter of John. Solomon replied, Oh God, you have been so kind and good to my father David, and now you have given me the kingdom. Now, whoa, hold on a second. You know, you have to take the bad with the good. Solomon didn't think there was any bad in there. I mean, God is good. He's good all the time. When you encounter problems, it's not the Lord. It's the Lord that'll get you out, praise the Lord. I mean, Solomon could have said, man, you like to wore my dad out. My dad, boy, you and him, y'all, oh my gosh. No, he didn't say that. He said, you were so good to my dad. And if you read the details, First and Second Samuel, you'll, you'll, oh. and then the Psalms and things about David, you'll understand. And we have. 
And now you've given me the kingdom. This is all I want. You have fulfilled your promise to David, my father, and have, uh, in other words, you've given me this kingdom. But now watch what he says. You've made me king over a nation as full of people as the earth is full of dust. And he says, now give me wisdom and knowledge to rule them properly. Who's able to govern by himself such a great nation as this one of yours? Well, that's kind of a neat thing. He said, just give me wisdom. Now, he wasn't trying to be the most spiritual person in the world. Solomon was it. His daddy had been telling him, where are we at? Uh, in the latter part of the, the book before this, he's been saying, my son Solomon is young and tender. He's going to need some help, you know. And you would know that in the shadow of your dad if your dad was the one that killed Goliath and it wasn't the only Bigfoot guy he got. Boy, David could take them all down. He could. Look what God says. Verse 11, God replied, because your greatest desire is to help your people. Remember, God has given us a commandment to love one another as ourselves. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And you haven't asked for personal wealth and honor. And you haven't asked me to curse your enemies. And you haven't asked me for long life. But do you see that that would have been all right? And really, these things are yours. Look what he says. Oh, but you asked for wisdom and, all, uh, wisdom and knowledge to properly guide my people. Look what he says. He says, yes, I'm going to give you uh, wisdom and knowledge. Look, look at this. Don't miss this. Please don't think when you read things in the Bible. I know we don't, but this, is, this, is, this builds our faith. That this was already predetermined. Mm, which way is the wind blowing? The Lord has decreed, uh, David, I'm going to make your son the wisest there ever was. That was not in the cards. Not according to anybody. Nobody knew about that. That was between God and Solomon. Wow. And I'm telling you what the Bible tells us in James. James chapter 1. It says, any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Guess what else we have? We have the mind of Christ. And then we have first, Chron first Chron I want to say Chronicles, First Corinthians, a letter written to the church. Everybody in that church. The very last verse, I like to call it WRSR Radio. He says, of him are you, is he made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Guess what? You have all the wisdom of the Almighty. It belongs to you. If all you have to do is say, wait just a minute. Lord, what do I tell him? Okay. The Lord will give you the wisdom. Quit thinking you don't have the wisdom. You can at least think about this Sunday school lesson. Oh, man. My, da my father David, oh, he's gone. And now i got this vast kingdom. This would scare you. And it scared Solomon. But he knew the Lord. He just offered a thousand sacrifices. He had the money. He had all these things. He believed that he wasn't just putting these cows and stuff up there burning for nothing. He really believed the Lord was there. And the Lord answered. And look what he says. I'm, he says, I'm gonna, giving you the wisdom and the knowledge you asked for. Praise the Lord. Oh, and I am also giving you riches and wealth and honor such as no other king has ever had before you and there will never be so great a king in all the world. But wait a minute. Jesus said someone greater is here. Well, obviously Jesus because he was the one that gave it to him. But anyway, look how interesting this is. I'm giving you riches, wealth, and honor such as uh, have never been before. Praise the Lord. Verse 13. Solomon left the tabernacle, returned to the hill, back to Jerusalem to rule Israel. Look what he did. He built up a huge force, 
1,400 chariots recruited 12,000 cavalry to guard the cities where the chariots were garaged, though some, of course, were stationed at Jerusalem near the king. Look at 15. During Solomon's reign, now I want to remind you, the Bible tells us that in Romans chapter, uh, Romans chapter 5, we reign as kings in life. And it's all because of grace. Amazing grace. We reign. That's what that word means. And when you follow your own track record of asking the Lord to help you, you're just like Solomon. The Lord's there saying, I'll help you. I'll help you. And you look behind you and you go, praise God, look where I have come from. There is no way Richard Adair did this on his own, you know. And it wasn't my network of friends either. And I love my friends. It was nothing but the Lord. All right, back to this. During Solomon's reign, silver and gold were as plenteous. Now, here's the fables right here. This is not fables. Matter of fact, history around the world will tell you when you ask them trivia question. Trivia question. Who is the wisest person in all the world? Everybody spits out that has been to any kind of school. Oh, Solomon. They may not know anything else, but they'll remember that one. Look at this. Silver and gold were as plenteous in Jerusalem as rocks in a row. Rocks in the road. Now, I love jewelry. But I used to be taught that, you know, that things like this was, you know, that's, that's just earthly and whatever. First off, God made the earth. And in Genesis chapter 1, he created everything. Genesis chapter 2, it's a recap of creation. He talks about these four rivers. And one of those four rivers, it says, and it's Pishon, I think is what it is. And he says, that's where pure nuggets of gold are found. Oh, wait a minute, God, that's a foul right there. I don't, oh, I don't talk about no gold. That was before the fall. That was before Adam and Eve lost it all. Looks to me like gold is part of the package. Well, it is. Streets of gold, praise the Lord. But now watch this. <sighs> Plenteous as rocks on the road. Now, you know what? If you were hurting financially and you're reading this, because remember, we're not supposed to put our hands on our hips and go, well, gee, him and not me. I don't know what's wrong with that Bible over there. You know, it's, it's all for other people. No, it's not. This is what builds our faith. Praise the Lord. You think you'll ever have a house? Of course I'll have a house. Praise the Lord. You think you'll ever have a nice car? Praise the Lord I'll have a nice car. Anyway, an expensive cedar lumber was used as common sycamore. Praise the Lord. There goes that fake stuff out the window. Praise the Lord. Solomon, he sent horse traders to Egypt to purchase entire herds at wholesale prices. See, he was cost efficient, fellow. And at that time, the, the Egyptian chariots sold for 400 each, and the horses were 100. They delivered them to Jerusalem. Many of these were resold. Well, what does that mean? Economy, economy, economy. What was happening? Remember, the Lord just said it. He said, I'm going to give you riches and honor. Okay, now let's look at the end of his life. Here we go. Let's skip across. Uh, three, four, five, all this is, uh, this is uh, Solomon. Here's the end of his life. The queen of Sheba, the fable. Remember Jesus said, when the queen of Sheba came down, of course it's a fake, it's a lie, I'm a lie. I never existed. Oh yes, Jesus did exist. Then it always puzzles you when you hear people when they cuss or whatever, they go, Jesus. You know, they never say Muhammad or whatever, or Buddha or whatever. I mean, and one of the most common words used in the vernacular today is hell. And yet you ask somebody in a political debate, oh, oh no, nah, no such thing as hell. Secretly, they're scared of it in their heart because, oh no, 
But we're rescued from hell. Jesus has rescued us. But anyway, back to this. When the Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon's fabled wisdom, because she wasn't sure, she came to Jerusalem to test him with hard questions. Now, here we are. Let's look at this real... This woman comes, and she's the queen. Watch what she saw. Now, remember, all of this is yours. David taught us, his dad taught us, that the Lord prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Now, watch your own personal prosperity here in your life. Anyway, she came to test him with hard questions. You know, you ever felt like you've been cornered and... Somebody threw something at you that was hard? Man, don't forget you've got Jesus. You've got this covered. A very great retina of, way of aids and servants accompanied her, including camel loads of spices and gold and jewelry. Um, jewels. Now, I wanna, I wanna, I'm going to go ahead and spill some beans on this. She came with all this stuff, and guess what Solomon did? He said, you gave me camel loads? Hey, boys, you send her our camel loads. He gave her the exact same thing in return, going back home. Now, what does that tell that queen? She thought she was going to lose something financially, even though she wanted to go. But she sure didn't, surely didn't. Anyway, Solomon answered all, look at that. He answered all her problems. He got lucky. Nah, you got the same thing. I don't care what hits you today, tomorrow, or a year from now. You are so ready, you will cover it all. Nothing was hidden from him. He could explain everything to her. Now remember Jesus said someone greater than Solomon is here. Matter of fact, I'll remind you another place Jesus mentioned Solomon. He said, consider the birds of the field. They neither toil nor spin, yet God feeds them. He says, Solomon, he says, look at the, the flowers, how, they, how glorious they are. You know. And he says, and Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed as well as they were. He says, the grass which is clothed today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Now think about that temporary scene. Well, it's just a temporary blessing. The Lord doesn't want me to have those nice clothes. Well, he does it for the flower. See how backwards we are? Today should be the most beautiful day you ever have. And then guess what? Tomorrow is going to be the most beautiful day you ever have. Just expect it. A rose is so gorgeous, but guess how long it lasts? There's some knockout roses outside, and you can look at it and you go, that is just gorgeous, but you know it ain't going to last but a few days. That's okay. You'll have another one in a few days. Praise the Lord. And the Bible says that God will clothe you more than Solomon. And Solomon was a knockout. He, we don't have time. I don't think it's in this chapter. But Solomon had a total, and I may not be politically correct, but I don't care. I trust the Bible. It doesn't matter. He had a fully ivory, uh, it was made out of ivory, his throne. Most glorious throne in all the earth. A solid ivory. And on top of that ivory, it was layered with gold. Each step going up was a lion. It was awesome, praise the Lord. Now, where did it come from? Well, like I said, praise the Lord. Solomon answered all her problems. Nothing was hidden from him. He could explain everything to her. When she discovered how wise he really was and how breathtaking, look at this, the beauty of his palace and how wonderful. Now, don't forget, road, the road, he said gold and stuff was as common as rocks on the road. So whatever the king had, it was trickled down to everybody else. Can you understand now why Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God? And when Jesus said it's, his good, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom? But we have this so good. Anyway, when she discovered how wise he really was, how breathtaking the beauty of his palace, and how wonderful the food at his tables, 
Woo! How many servants and aides he had. And when she saw their spectacular uniforms and his stewards in full regulate and saw the size of the men in his bodyguard, she could scarcely believe it. I mean, you look over there and see somebody like Dustin and Alex right there, Benaiah and them right next to King Solomon. You're like, oh my gosh, I ain't messing with that guy. You know? She could hardly take it in. But we're not done. Watch this. Finally, she exclaimed to the king, hold on, Where, yeah, everything I've heard about you in my own country is true. I didn't believe it until I got here and saw it with my own eyes. Now, before we go any further, notice how that word got around the world. Why did it get around the world? The Lord will bless all of us. He's interested in that. He's trying to get the world to wake up and realize there's only one God. Anyway. Uh, I didn't believe it until I got here and saw it with my own eyes. Your wisdom is far greater than I could ever have imagined. What a privilege, of, look at these, of these men of yours to stand here and listen to you talk. Every time I talk, man, people run away. Well, you should take a, take a piece of this and realize, that. wait a minute, you've got Jesus. That's not true. He'll help you as well. Blessed be the Lord your God. How he must love Israel to give them a just king like you. He wants them to be a great, strong nation forever. Well, remember Jesus mentioned this woman. Here we go. She gave the king a gift of over a million dollars of gold and great quantities of spices, incomparable quality, and many jewels. King Haram's and King Solomon's crews brought gold from Ophir and also sandalwood and jewels. The king used sandalwood to make terrace steps for the temple and the palace. See, at this time, they'd already built the real temple. And to construct harps and lyres for the choir. The choir? Yeah. Never before had there been such beautiful instruments in all the land of Judah. Praise the Lord. Reckon they had a Stradivarius? <laughs> Where was his awesome? King Solomon, here we go. He gave the queen gifts of the same value as she brought him, plus everything else she had asked for. See. Then she and her retinue returned to their own land. This is toward the end of his life. This is just a wrap of him. Solomon received, received a quarter billion dollars worth of gold each year from the kings of Arabia and many other lands that paid him annual tribute. In addition, there was a trade balance from the exports of his merchants, something we've got to get right in our own nation, which we will. He used some of the gold to make 200 she large shields worth 100,000 each. Here you go, soldier boy. Use that one. <laughs> Solid gold. That'd be a scary thing to come against. That guy's coming at me with solid gold. He made 300 smaller ones, and they were worth 50,000. The king placed these in the forest of Lebanon room. That was just a backyard tent. This was no backyard tent. That's the reason Jesus said there will not be one stone upon another, because they were going, oh, how beautiful this place is. They were looking at Herod's temple at the time Jesus was here. Anyway, he made a, oh, here it is. Here's that ivory thing. He also made a huge ivory throne overlaid with pure gold. It had six gold steps and a footstool of gold and also gold armrest, each flanked with a gold lion. See? I wasn't lying. There it is. Okay. Gold lion stood at each uh, side of the step. No other throne in all the world can be compared with it. All of King Solomon's cups were solid gold, as were the furnishings in the forest of Lebanon room. Silver was too cheap to count. Uh, <laughs> too cheap to count in those days. I mean, 
Is this just some sort of history lesson? And we go, oh, wow, you know, wow. Or does it mean something for us today? Oh, it means something for us today. Every three years, three years, the king sent his ships to Tarshish using sailors supplied by one of his neighboring nations, King Haram, to bring back gold, silver, ivory. Look at that, apes and peacocks. Wow. <clears throat> so King Solomon was richer and wiser than any other king in all the earth. Hello, Jesus. Wonder if we're doing the right thing. Oh, yeah, we are. Kings of every nation came to visit him and to hear the wisdom God put in his heart. Each brought him annual tribute, tribute silver and gold bowls, clothing, armor, spices, horses, mules. In addition, Solomon had 4,000 stalls of horses and chariots, 12,000 cavalrymen stationed in the chariot cities as well as in Jerusalem to protect the king. Notice you don't have anything saying that, you know, King Solomon, between chapters 1 and whatever, he came down with something, he died of cancer. Well, that didn't happen. That's interesting. Wonder who we could blame for that. Well, the Lord, he'll help you. His, I'm just going to make this up, but it's five or six kings from here, maybe seven or eight. His great, 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 great grandson, Hezekiah, was going down for the count. He come down with something. And Hezekiah said, whoa, wait a minute, Lord, help. And God healed him, praise the Lord. Anyway, all right, he ruled over all the kings and kingdoms from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines, and as far away, I think it says, as Egypt. Oh, uh, yeah, the borders of Egypt. He made silver as plentiful in Jerusalem as stones in the road. Cedar was used as though it were common sycamore. Horses were brought to him from Egypt and other countries. Now, remember, who do we blame for all this prosperity? The Lord. The rest of Solomon's biographies is written in the histories of Nathan the prophet and the prophet of Ahijah, the Silonite, and also the visions of Iddo, the seer, concerning Rehoboah, the sons of Nebat. Ah, they didn't know what they were talking about. Yes, it was. It was documented. So Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel for 40 years. Then he died and was buried in Jerusalem, and his son Rehoboam became the new king. Wow. Well, let's go check up on something then. Since he really existed, and look what happened. Well, I, I want to throw you, uh, Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs. I want to show you something here in the third chapter. Look what he says. He says, hey, don't forget everything I taught you. That's something important. And then he says, uh, oh, this is good. If you want favor with God and man and a reputation for good judgment, common sense, then trust the Lord completely. Don't ever trust yourself. Now, what does he mean by that? Ask the Lord to help you. This is Solomon saying how he got it. Man, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading Proverbs 3, just a couple of things right through here. Uh, yeah, he says, honor the Lord by giving him the first part of your income, and he'll fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your vine wats. I mean your vine wats, your wine vats with the finest wines. Ain't supposed to be no drinking. Well, you're never going to get anywhere thinking that. Young man, don't resent it when God chastens you, corrects you, punishes you. His proof is love. As a father punishes his son, he delights to make him better. Anyway, uh, look at this. Uh, he goes on and says, um, verse 15, Wisdom is far more valuable than precious jewels. Nothing else is compared with it. Okay, now look at this. And he says, look what wisdom gives. So you don't have to choose between the two. And that's why God answered back. If you put, if you <laughs> just ask the Lord, look at this. He says, a long, good life, riches, honor, pleasure, it all comes with the package. Praise the Lord. Peace. Wisdom is a tree of life. Happy are those who eat her fruit. Happy is the man who keeps on eating it. Now, I'm tell you the way to get it is just take time to keep reading your Bible. It's okay. Just keep reading your Bible. 
All right. Anyway, oh, let's see. Let's go back over here to where I want to go. Okay. Oh. Go to the New Testament in just a moment. Let's go to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 8. Let's just see how filthy this money is. No, this money is not filthy. I can tell you right now. Second Corinthians chapter 8 uh, and 9 has all been talking about a financial offering. Matter of fact, notice this verse 4. They begged us to take the money. What's that about? Well, they wanted, they were trying to take up an offering to take it to Jerusalem because there was a famine that hit there, which is kind of interesting. Bad times hit one group, but praise the Lord. The Lord was already raising up money and trying to help these guys. But now, in this same story, look over here. Here we go at uh, uh, verse 9. Uh, you know how full of love and kindness our Lord Jesus was. Though he was very rich, yet to help you, he became so very poor that by being poor, he could make you rich. Now, that's not fairy tales. And that's talking about money. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to go one last place right here. And let's watch this little financial thing turn out right here. Very common story. And right before our very eyes, you can see it unfold. Watch what happens here. This is Luke chapter 15, verse 1. Dishonest tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus' sermons. Now, remember who they were. They were basically all sinners. Boy, I tell you what, this caused complaints from the Jewish leaders and the experts of the Jewish law. And those were the Pharisees. And they said he was associating with such despicable people. Even eating with them. Jesus used this illustration. If you had a hundred sheep and you lost one, wouldn't you go get it? Well, then you know the story. Okay. Let's skip down to the other. He keeps going. There's a woman had these coins. She lost one. To further illustrate the point, he said a man had two sons. Now watch closely. Make yourself listen here. I know you are, but just help me along with me just so you see this. I want to, he says, I want my share of your estate now instead of waiting till you die. Well, the father said, okay. So he's, he, what did he do? He divided his wealth between his sons. Now, this is money related. Now, it's people related, but it's money related. Now, let's watch where the money goes. See there? He wasted it on wild parties and prostitutes. Boy, the Lord's going to teach him a lesson. Oh, yeah, the Lord will teach us all a lesson. But guess what? You ain't ever going to be hurting for finances with the Lord. About that time, his money was gone. Great famine swept over the land. Now quit thinking this is a Christian and a non-Christian. This is your life no matter what's going on. He began to starve. He persuaded a farmer to hire him to feed his pigs. Now remember, this guy is a rich kid. And he's having to eat this pig slop. The boy became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding to the swine looked good for him. No one gave him anything. Very important. No one gave him anything. No one gave, and I tell you, sometimes our Christian traditions in America, we think Jesus is that way. You're going to learn. No one's going to give you anything. The Lord's not going to give you anything. Well, to me, that's not the Lord. It's not. Here we go. Hey, he came to his senses. What's this about? He said to himself, at home, even the hired men have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. Well, you just earthly looking little fella, you. You're just after a steak. Well, why not? What's wrong with that? Plus, I miss my brother, I miss my dad, and I have been a jerk. I know better. 
What? Look, he didn't even question if he could go. He said, I will go home. And I'm at least going to tell Paul, look, I, I've blown it here. I've, I've messed with you and I messed with God. And I'm no longer can be called your son. But notice what he says. Just take me as a hired man. He knew he'd get home. Oh, man. That's not what's going to happen. So he returned home to his father. While he was still a long distance away, his father saw him and he ran over and he beat the crap out of him, didn't he? He beat the snot out of him and said, don't you ever step foot on it. Well, that's the way we think it is. No. He returned home to his father while he was still a great distance away. His father saw him coming and was filled with pity and ran and embraced him and kissed him. Now, when Solomon dedicated that temple, he said, Lord, if we lose our minds and we quit serving you and we get drug off to some other country, when we get on our knees and we say, God, we want you to rescue us, please. He says, this is in his prayer. He says, have us all brought back to Jerusalem. Have mercy on us and save us all. Well, God answered and said, I'm going to do that. And that's when he says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll restore. Fantastic. Here it is. And so anyway, he said, oh, I've sinned against heaven and you and I'm not worthy of being called your son. Notice that's all he got out of his mouth. (laughs) His father said to the slaves, oh, he's supposed to have no slaves. So we can't believe the Bible. Keep reading the Bible. This is great. I tell you, these slaves here were enjoying the ride. They were having a great time. Quick, bring the finest robe. Put it on him. And a jeweled ring? We can't afford that. You just took half of my salary. You took all my money. A ring for it. That ain't all. And shoes. And kill the fatted half. The catted half, whatever. And kill the calf we have in the fattening pen. We must celebrate with a feast. Boy, we have this so backwards when we let ourselves, when we condemn ourselves about our relationship with the Lord. Gee whiz. Should be a party going. Remember the, 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 the phrase above this was, if you had a hundred sheep and you lost one, you got that one back, it was a party. This son of mine was dead, has returned to life. He was lost and is found. So the party is found. I could keep reading, you know the rest of it. The brother didn't like it. But anyway, because what was going on? Dance music. Woohoo! Great. And he said, what's going on? Your brother's back. Oh, man, that ticked him off. Man. The brother was angry, wouldn't go in. The father came out, and he didn't, he didn't listen to his, his other son. He says, look. He replied, all these years I've worked hard for you. Never once refused a single thing you told me. And you never even gave me one goat with his... Yet this son of yours, supposed to be his brother, this son of yours, after spending your money on prostitutes, you celebrate. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, this son needed a whipping too. I tell you what. He said, dear son, his father said, you and I are very close. Look at that. Everything I have is yours. Sometimes we forget that. He said, it is right to celebrate. He was your brother. He was dead. Come back to life again. He was lost and is found. What are we going to get out of all this? Praise the Lord. We're going to be all right. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you by your stripes we're healed. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. And if we're hurting financially, my goodness, after seeing this throne of, of ivory and all the gold and all these beautiful things that you just blessed uh, Solomon with, praise the Lord, you'll take care of us. You said you would. And if it's not that, it's just some other problem we've got that it's going, we've got to have a miracle to get out of this one. Well, Lord, we got it because we're serving you. You're going to get us out. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to tell others about Jesus and what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Amen.